Hello and welcome to Now Fear This with Becky and Marie, the podcast about all the things that scare the shit out of us and a few things that don't. A few things. Yeah. A few things. Hi, Becky. How are you? Hi, Marie. I'm good. Fearing a lot of things today. Are you? What are you fearing specifically? I just want to hear one thing. I don't want to hear too many things. Okay, well, it's pretty easy. I'm fearing you can't count. What? <laughs> you just found that out? I can't tell time either. Okay, no, this is why. It's not going to take long. I just want to tell you that when we finished our episode on um, squatters and that murderous guy mm-hmm. episode from a few weeks ago, it's called um, Eat a Sandwich, Get Murdered by a Librarian. Mm-hmm. At the end of the episode, I said, fuck something or other. And you go, I can't believe you waited the whole episode to say that word. And I go, I don't think I did. Well, I went back and did a transcript and I counted. I'm pretty sure I said fuck 24 times. <laughs> to really? that episode. You, either you can't count or you can't hear. So I don't well, know maybe, I, maybe I'm just so used to your profanity that you just don't hear it. I just don't hear it anymore. You cuss out in, in the real world, but just not on our show, which is really fun. I've been cussing more. Quit cuss shaming me. <laughs> I'm, I'm judging your lack of cussing. Yeah, that You're is judging me for, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty, pretty rough. <laughs> you feel and now when I, I do cuss, it feels unnatural because I feel like I'm just doing it to please you. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Let's <laughs> get so, this um, rolling. So which is it? You can't count? You can't hear? I'm just imagining some poor, you know, church lady in, in like, I don't know, some Texas town that loves our show, right? But she's like, I love those two girls, except that blonde one that's always dropping the F-bomb. <laughs> well, how about, you know how people would go, are you a, are you a Sex in the City? Are you a Miranda or, or whatever? Yeah. If somebody out there's going, are you a Becky or are you a Marie? Or they're like, well, I'm the one who cusses all the time. Or, you know, you know what? Maybe you could be the non-cusser and we might keep some people who are actually exactly. I'm just yeah, offended by the, me. I'm looking out for the sweet <laughs> ladies that don't like to hear the F-bomb. Like, I'll give you an example. My mother-in-law, she doesn't like to go to the gym. You know why? Because all of the dirty, sexy, profane music, music? that they play. Yeah. Oh, wow. She can't wear headphones, huh? Nope. She doesn't want to hear, like... Cardi B or anything. She doesn't listen to us? Oh, there's no way she listens to us. I'd be in big trouble. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's all I'm fearing. And I mean, I know we have our our second half of of our show to get to from last time. Sorry. Now you're like, oh, no. I'm I'm cuss shaming Marie. That's uh, that's like, yeah. Sorry about that. So, uh, what about you? What are you fearing today? Well, I'm fearing that I'm not going to hear the end to this crazy-ass Skidmore story. (laughs) We (laughs) keep talking about this, so I think we should continue with the story. What do you think? I think so. I think we're going to get back into Skidmore and Skidmore-adjacent terrible crimes. By the way, y'all, I know we are a true crime comedy podcast, and we are um, a little bit lighthearted on some things. We we don't uh, laugh at. You know, we make fun. We don't make fun of unless it's the murderers and people like the guy we talked about the other day, the bully. Um, The world is probably a better place without him, but today it's going to be a bit darker because this town has got some some really bad crimes. So back into where we were. You ready? Dark for the CW. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Skidmore. A little tagline for Skidmore, the CW series, right? Yeah. Where you you never know who's around the corner or you know or who you are is not who people think you are you know this is definitely um, an after 9 p.m show yeah yeah this is not a seven with yeah. child warnings and and all the parental warnings and all that good yeah. lord yes this so may contain uh makeshift genital reassignment surgery <laughs> that's, <so laughs> that's triggering to you <laughs> cannibalism I mean, even my HBO shows don't have that shit. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of dicks on there, but literal dicks, but not, yeah, they but don't they, eat they them. Stay attached. They stay attached. They stay attached. <laughs> to the dude. <laughs> so Skidmore, let's go. Hello, listeners, Becky here. Real quick, make sure that before you continue, you have listened to our previous episode, Skidmore Part 1. Are you sure this isn't about Madison Cawthorn? At the end of that episode, we were talking about a guy who may or may not be responsible for the disappearance of Branson Perry. 
So go back and listen to that episode. It's a short one, 45 minutes, and then come back and join us. Okay, back to the show. Also, when they searched his belongings and his car and everything, they found a turtle claw necklace that Perry's grandmother said that he wore, that she either gave it to him or that she knew that he wore it for luck. Now, maybe everyone in Bazura has a turtle claw necklace that looks just like that, uh, but I can't think of another way he would come into possession of it, you know? See, so if you think about it, like if you really go, okay, what if he did this? And it could have worked out this way, that he happened to be in the town of Skidmore that day. Um, Branson, the, the car that he usually drove was being worked on. So he had to either walk or hopefully somebody would pick him up. And what if that's what happened, you know? Um, he never admitted to it. He said those were fiction stories, uh, Bugger Butt did. And he, some people think he did it, but there's no, there's no way. Where do you find him hidden in the Ozarks for, you know? You know, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned this particular story because I did watch the John Wayne Gacy documentary that came out on um, Netflix recently. And when I started it, I was like, eh, John Wayne Gacy, he's like one of those serial killers that you just hear so much about. But I do recommend the documentary. It's quite interesting because kind of like the Night Stalker documentary, it really goes deep into the lives of the victims. And well, good. I didn't, I thought it was more like that stupid Ted Bundy tapes where all you did was listen to him talk about himself. No, actually, okay. uh, John Wayne Gacy doesn't talk about himself at all. I mean, they do have clips of him. It's shocking okay. how... He was involved in local politics and the Democratic Party and all the stuff. Like, it's shocking how much of a member of the community was. And this probably couldn't happen today because of the internet, but like, he had a record the whole time of doing things to young men and, and boys, even when he got into political power. Really? It, it's, he, but nobody ever just background checked him. No, he just moved to another city and like, he was in the JCs and he was in all these organizations in one city. He divorced his wife and moved because it was some sort of sodomy thing, I guess, an underage kid, oral sex, you know, mm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think parents are pretty good about talking to their daughters about things that could happen to them. But I don't know that in our culture, we really talk to boys. And when I say boys, I mean, teenage boys. I know. About what things could happen to them. And it's really, really sad. Like one of his last victims, which was the one that got him caught, he was kind of in a frenzy and he went to a pharmacy and there was a kid, he was 18, about to graduate from high school and he was looking for a summer job. And somebody had mentioned that Gacy had a, a contracting company and he would hire young guys to, to work the summer. And so he literally walked outside to talk to Gacy about a job and then Gacy was like, why don't you come to my house and we'll talk about it. And that was it. That was it. And one of the things he did, he would use masculine things to lure people in, like stag films and drinking and playing mm -hmm. pool. And yep. then he would talk about law enforcement and tricks that he knew. And like one of the tricks he would show them was like, do you want to know how to get out of handcuffs? Yes, I know that story. That's uh, something that, um, that's something that, uh, I think Dahmer or one of those other guys would do as well. Um, yeah. but, and then they're subdued. But he was a wrestling, a wrestling coach and there are a couple of people that avoided being murdered, right? So Gacy harassed them up to the point of like almost raping them or like tried to wrestle them and they just beat him. And in, in retrospect, of course they're mortified, right? Because if they had lost, they'd be dead. But it is- They some... don't want to tell anybody. They don't want to tell anybody they've been sexually assaulted. No. No, I mean, oh, there's a dude, I'll say this and then you can go on, but there's a grown man. This guy's got to, at this point, be close to 60, who was telling his story about how he stayed the night at Gacy's house and he explains why and that he basically cried and begged Gacy not to rape him. And this is uh, an 18-year-old kid. Uh, you know what I mean? It's a, how, how humiliating uh, and horrible is that as a man? to deal with, with within our culture. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously it's terrible for women too, but I'm just saying like the way people respond to men being raped or men being abused by other men is pretty bad. Yes. And so and I think it, is, it happens a lot more often than it just never gets reported. It is absolutely something that people don't, maybe they talk about it a little more now, um, but there's an article recently 
um, and it's boys because it's more shameful for a boy to be sexually abused, a teenage boy especially. But hey, have you heard about it? this new, not new, but new to the news, right? Sextortioning that targets teenage boys. It's leading to an uptick in suicide by these boys. And oftentimes when a teenage boy who showed no depression or whatever um, kills himself, it's because of this stuff. And, the, and so like, it's like they get groomed online. Like somebody will, they all come from other countries. Uh, the Western coast of Africa is common, India as well, but they will find a boy online and pretend to be a teenage girl. And, yeah, and, I yeah. yeah, and get him to send sexually explicit sexual things. And then immediately the blackmail starts. And this woman uh, whose son died by suicide because of this, she had no idea this was going on. And it's scary. But because they're so ashamed, they don't tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Boys, boys and men have to watch out for themselves too. This isn't just a, a problem with women. It's not. The thing about the Gacy stuff is most dudes who are 18 or whatever probably are like, this dude ain't going to hurt me. I can kick his ass. They wouldn't anticipate that he would subdue them somehow, or they would just think they're perfectly safe, which yeah, I can see why, but they ain't. No, I'll get the name of the documentary. I can't remember it now if it was a 2020 or what it was, but there was a serial killer that was actually killing men. And it wasn't like he was killing 18 year old boys or anything like that. He was killing big burly men and was basically inviting them to his condo and then they chatted a lot about doing like S&M stuff. And then he would get them chained to the bed and just choke them to death. Oh. So people just need to be oh. discerning about who they go home with and like who they engage in risky behavior with. They really do. Because you just never know. This internet stuff, you don't ever know who's on the other side of the... the I know phone. somebody who was on one of those dating apps where you swipe right or left, you know? Yeah. And uh, I was on a road trip and pretty much every town he'd go to, he'd hook up with somebody. Like he would just give them his hotel room number. One person he did behind a dumpster. Very risky. Like what? So fucking risky. I mean, also like you've got to have some quad strength to do it behind a dumpster. I mean, you got to be kind of- And you just don't have that in you. I feel like it would be a lot of effort, you know? (laughs) You have to do your squats leading up to it. Yeah. Prep for it. And who wants to touch a dumpster? I don't know. I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm anti-sex behind dumpsters. I am against that. That's my stance. Um, okay, so where was I? Bugger butt? We were in the middle of our bugger discussion. Yeah, it seemed like you were a little Skidmore adjacent, but you brought it back to Skidmore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, our guy, Bugger Butts is in prison claiming he knows nothing about this guy that was my you know turtle claw necklace has nothing to do with i don't know who this guy was fan fiction i just wanted to go eat people's balls who willingly let me cut them off is what he said i don't know why you think that i would kidnap someone and do this whenever i have willing people who want me to you know if you're cut if i'm cutting them off for you i mean do you care what happens to them (laughs) afterwards (laughs) (laughs) well uh, one it's of the things like digging the, through the trash right <laughs> so um one of the things i read about this i think either missouri or in this the, i don't even know if the united states what the laws are about cannibalism but when they were trying to you know put all these crimes on this guy it turns out that cannibalism wasn't illegal or something doesn't that surprise you isn't cannibalism illegal well i think it as a grown adult, if you're like, hey, Marie, for your birthday, I want to give you my ear to eat, and it's voluntary, I don't know. That's a good question. Should I? Should you? Yeah, do you want my ear? No. I'm not oh, into okay. exotic meat. <laughs> I think it would be really gummy. Not gummy. What's the word? Gamey? <laughs> um, I don't think I'm into eating human. But in terms of like people who volunteer for it, there are people who want people to eat parts of them. I mean, some people, it's a weird fucking thing, you know? And I know that we're not supposed to judge people's sexual whatevers, but I judge that. I do, Marie. This is me judging that. I don't think people should eat other people's literal, like ingest people. I just don't think that's well, cool. No, and here's, this might be a different episode. This might be a greater issue, but I was talking to 
my hairstylist knows a lot about the Dodgers and she was telling me about the whole Aaron Rodgers saga. Do you know about that? He's he's a baseball player for the Dodgers and Aaron Rodgers? He's a quarterback. There's a baseball player named Aaron Rodgers? I think it is. Maybe I'm saying his name wrong. Okay. There's a Dodgers baseball player. This is how much I know about sports. I okay. thought that was what his name <laughs> so was. So he's quarterback. He's not playing baseball, just so you know. That's a different sport. Okay, okay. well, it's a baseball. Hold on. <laughs> now I'm going to look it up because, hold on. Trevor Bauer. Sorry. I'm sorry, Aaron wow. Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is an asshole for a different reason than this. Yeah, sorry. I just said whatever random sports person. Trevor Bauer, that was his name. So this guy likes choking and hitting women during sex, and she liked being choked and hit. And so they would have a sexual... That story! Yes, yeah. She she, she, she eventually filed charges of rape on him, right? Yeah, so the way I understand the story is they had a sexual encounter where he choked her and hit her, and she was texting him, I loved it so much but next time do it harder. So then they met again and she was like, this was so great, but you're not choking me hard enough or hitting me hard enough. Then the third time he went even further and she had some bruises. And, and then uh, basically after that, she was like, you went too far and she went to the police and filed that she was raped and all this other stuff. But point being is, I was thinking about this guy, Trevor, and I was thinking, okay, if your thing is hurting women when you have sex with them and that it makes it even more pleasurable the more you hurt them. So the more you choke them, the more you hit them. What's the end game on that? Yeah. Eventually it's going to stop getting you off until you kill somebody. Right. So you're sitting here going, I don't want to be judgmental. Okay. These are consenting adults. But there is some like mental health issue here that needs to be addressed, which is if you need to amp up violence every time you have a sexual encounter, it's going to lead to something really bad. Yeah, I agree. You're not supposed to sex shame, fetish shame or whatever, Yeah. which I, I'm not, so I'm not, but you are onto something that, that this is problematic, that if the only way you get off this by really, really violently hurting someone or being hurt, you're going to have eventually, because it has to escalate. I mean, what gets you off this much, you know, a little bit, it's not going to keep getting you off. It's got to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. So to speak. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that anybody ever goes, you know what, last night you choked me so hard. It was just perfect. And I think we should just keep the choking at that level. It never, it never right. does that. I don't think. Right. I mean, maybe well, isn't it like that the slippery slope argument, which usually I don't buy for most things, a slippery slope argument, but it's got to be a slippery slope, right? It's got to be. Where the next time it's just got to be, if that was, if that was great, going a little further will be spectacular. Well, if that was spectacular, going a little further will be, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually probably scientific on a certain level, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's like drugs or anything that mm -hmm. induces a serotonin, endorphin, adrenaline, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay <laughs> so it's just food for thought it's food for thought it do is food you for thought. your consent if it's consenting adults do what you want but what didn't what's his name that actor who is in um who's a tall guy who played the twins in the social network didn't some of this come out with him where he was violent yeah. with women sexually yeah um which to me is like that's your private business uh, well, i don't care what you do you know as long as it's consensual so i don't know if it was or not but buddy you better get some contracts signed if you're going to you know, be all 50 shades of army hammer, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Ready for a really big bummer of a story? I mean, this is, yes, I think I know what's coming next. And this is, this is no longer Skidmore adjacent. This is squarely in Skidmore. We're back. We're back in the middle of Skidmore. What we're not sure of. <laughs> we do know that our guy Perry was last seen in Skidmore. And we believe, I believe that he was kidnapped or hitchhiked out of Skidmore. This one happens in Dead Center Skidmore. So there's a woman named Becky Harper, which is funny because that's my cat's name. Isn't that Harper. funny? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Also, our friend Perry, his mother's name was Becky. So apparently everybody in this town is named Becky. Um, so Becky Harper, she goes to visit her daughter at her home that her daughter shared with her husband, her high school sweetheart, Zeb. How cute is that, Zeb? So um, 
Zeb and Bobby Joe, which is also an adorable name, um, had been married for a few years, and Bobby Joe at the time was eight months pregnant, and her mom finds her dead on the floor of the kitchen with what looked like she said on the 911 call that her insides had exploded. Blood everywhere, internal organs everywhere, but the baby was not there. There is a, quite a few cases. Have you read about some of these cases just in, in the history of crime where right. women have their baby stolen from them before they give birth? Um, sometimes there's a horror film. It's a body horror, which we've talked about before. So there's a movie about it. A French film called Inside, where it's a home invasion where a woman tries to cut out another woman's baby. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to watch that movie. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. James watched it. It was one of my, my friend who's always recommending movies, but tells me not to watch anything about it before I see it. And I've learned my lesson. So okay. I, read, I read about it first and I was like, why do I want to see that? Mm -hmm. uh, but go ahead. Yeah. So um, it's actually not that common, but it's not unheard of. Women do survive them. Babies sometimes survive them. You know, there are a lot of women who've been killed by uh because people do this so by other women right it's other women yeah so lisa montgomery meantime lived 170 miles away in a town called melvern kansas and lisa had a beyond troubled life beyond like reading the details of lisa's childhood is one of the worst stories i've ever heard in my life she was and by the way, I'm going to give y'all a uh, trigger content warning because I'm about to get graphic about child abuse. Seems so like we give, should have given trigger warnings way earlier in the episode. Right? <laughs> but go ahead. But this one is this one is graphic, and I'm just going to tell a little bit of the details. Okay. Because it's sort of um, it needs to be said for this story. So Lisa suffered at the hands of her mother horrific abuse from the time she was an infant. Lisa's mother would put her in a high chair and not let her leave the high chair like all night sometimes if she refused to eat her baby formula. Um, her mother didn't like her screaming, so she taped her mouth shut when she was a kid and we didn't like her crying, so she taped her mouth shut. Her mother later claimed that Lisa's first words were, don't hit me again or something like that. Um, it hurts. Um, Lisa's stepfather raped her repeatedly. He would bring his friends over and they would pay him to rape her. The mother would pimp Lisa out as a teenager, as a child and as a teenager, to pay the bills. Her father's friends sometimes would film this stuff. They would rape her with bottles and objects, and eventually she married her stepbrother, who continued the sexual abuse of her and filmed it too sometimes. Some people have actually seen it. She reported the abuse when she was a kid to like her cousin, who was actually a member of law enforcement. And he never did anything about it. People at her school, teachers at her school, believed things were going on and they never did anything about it either. So by the time she was 23 or so, she had four children, but she um, was on to her second husband. Well, her second husband, um, Kevin, um, they had suffered some miscarriages and they kept trying to get pregnant. So she got pregnant and he, um, was away from home when she messaged him that she went to the birthing center and had the baby. And he went to get her and brought her home. And she, you know, goes into the house with the baby. Well, meantime, um, cops are outside the house acting on a tip from somebody who knew her, somebody in Texas who knew her, who had heard about the baby. Like she'd emailed her about having a baby. She's like, what you know and that's weird so she gave the police this tip because it was international news that the woman's baby had been stolen up in Skidmore um and so the police knock on the door and there she is sitting there with the baby and they just start talking to her and eventually they had her in a corner you know where she couldn't explain you know well she had experienced what's called pseudocyesis you ever heard that word before mm -hmm. It's also known as hysterical pregnancy. It actually happens where women will have every sign of pregnancy, including gaining weight and their and morning sickness, their belly gets big. They will have every sign of pregnancy except for a positive pregnancy test, right? They just don't have that. 
And so her husband had no idea. Kevin had no idea. He thought she was pregnant. And her abdomen got large. She didn't have any more periods. She had morning sickness. She took prenatal vitamins. He had no idea. He literally thought this was their baby. This kind of reminds me, I feel like I've heard stories where animals um, are given other animals to nurture, like say a cat who's not pregnant or hasn't been pregnant is given some baby squirrels and then all of a sudden the cat produces milk. Really? I feel like I've heard this. I could be making it up too, but I will look that up. <laughs> That's the best kind of reporting. <laughs> yes, I, I sometimes things just pop into mind. Maybe I had a dream about that last night. I don't know. <laughs> so eventually she said, no, it's not my baby and claimed that someone that she had met through her uh, job, it's a job, maybe it's a vocation, she raised rat terriers. Now, I would suggest to you, why do you raise rat terriers? Because of you. But she raised rat terriers, and so did Bobby Joe. And so they connected through this thing online, these message boards online about their rat terriers, and so Lisa knew Bobby Joe was pregnant. Like she followed her entire pregnancy this, this whole time and claimed to the police that she went to go and meet her about rat terriers and that Bobby Joe attacked her and that she had to fight her off or something. Right. Um, and then when Bobby Joe was dead, Lisa needed to save the baby. So she cut the baby out of her. That seems, makes sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you find a pregnant woman on the ground dead or almost dead, I mean, you're just, just going to get a knife and cut her baby out, right? I mean, that's the solution. You don't call, you know, 911. <laughs> well, Lisa had pretended to be somebody else when she was messaging and planning to get together with Bobby Joe. This was long, long planned. Bobby Joe thought somebody was coming over and her name was like Denise or something, but it was Lisa. Um, and she thought she was coming over to talk about dogs or to buy a dog or do something with dogs. And then she attacked her and stole the baby. Amazingly, the baby lived. Um, oftentimes they do not, but this baby lived. And the baby's name is Victoria Joe. And now she's a teenager. Maybe she's, how old is she now? Was what year did I say? 2004. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, she's practically a grown up now. It's amazing. She ended up being raised by her dad, Zeb. Um, so Lisa, had this horrific life, had this horrific abuse, you know, I read extensive articles from international, I mean, like the, the, the Herald and the Sun and, and, and the New York Times with these um, details of this life that this woman lived and how literal brain damaged she was and how her cognitive abilities were very, very low. She wasn't even able to take care of her own self and her own hygiene. Uh, she barely was able to take care of her children. She was a terrible mother, but she didn't have the neurological. What do we know about Kevin? Huh? Her new husband. What do we know about Kevin, her new husband? Well, that's the thing about Kevin is they investigated him and he was charged with nothing. Apparently he was a nice person and he ended up being horrified by this. He had absolutely no idea. So that day in December of 2004, Lisa gets in her dirty red car and drives all the way to Skidmore does this thing, drives back in her dirty red car, and that's part of how they traced her is because witnesses saw this tiny red car leaving the neighborhood where Bobby Joe lived. And Lisa had this whole thing where she made it up to her husband of where she gave birth and stuff. Well, when the police came there, they're like, where'd you give birth? She's like, at the birthing center called blah, blah, blah. Well, they investigated it. Nobody gave birth in that location where she'd said. Um, and the craziest part of all, for me on this, other than the murder, is that uh, she'd been sterilized years before after the birth of her fourth child. She wasn't even capable of having a child. And yet he believed that she had these miscarriages all this time. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I found really interesting reading about this hysterical pregnancy or pseudosiesis is this. This is in a nursing journal, defining it, right? It commonly presents outside of a mental health setting, which makes sense, right? You're not seeking help because if you were seeking help, chances are you wouldn't have an hysterical pregnancy, right? Um, it comes from a place of stress. And so it's got a manifestation of pregnancy triggered by severe distress related to childbearing. Oftentimes recent miscarriages 
infant loss or extreme fear of pregnancy. And uh, almost exclusively in low socioeconomic homes, limited education, history of infertility, relationship instability, and abusive partner. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That you might want pregnancy really, really bad, but you probably, if you are able to, you might be seeking mental health help or have a support system. But if you don't, sometimes that actually will manifest itself inside of your body to where your body will convince you it's pregnant. Isn't that correct? I, mean, I think that can amazing. happen with lots of things, right? People can convince themselves that they're sick um, and, and the symptoms can manifest like that. Isn't that the whole thing with uh, Munchausen? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing that baffles me, and this comes up with a lot of the stuff that, that we talk about, is I, I don't know if James and I are abnormal, but we literally share everything about ourselves. Like we high five each other at the breakfast table if we've had a good poop. You know what I mean? Like there's not stuff that we, that's off limits. Can I go back oh. um, 60 seconds so that I can not know that about you? <laughs> Sorry. We, can we just, re can we just <laughs> No, I mean, I'm trying to make a point. I'm trying to make a point here. I'm sorry. How the, how the hell are you married to someone stop that you're talking. raising children stop with? Stop talking, stop talking, stop talking. Sorry. Just need to press for a second. I'm sorry. I just need to process it. Because are you okay? I have a lot of memories together and just before and an after for a few things of here and there and living and losing touch and getting back together, traveling. I think this is going to be the before and the after. There was the before I knew that about you and now I'm living in the after. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know this was like such a shocking revelation. I, I mean, look, there's levels, right? So Angela Lansbury, I remember they asked her because she and her husband were married for many, many years. And they ask Angela Lansbury, what is the secret to a successful marriage? And she said, never let your husband see you shave your legs. So the whole point was, there's certain preparatory things that you should just do privately. Okay, I get that. I'm not like, I don't say you have to reveal everything, but for goodness sakes, you should know like really key important things about your spouse, right? Yep. Like that they were, um being human trafficked i mean yeah. that's crazy to me yeah. that you would be married to someone and not know that they were human trafficked or that you would marry someone and not share that you were terribly molested in human traffic this is how warped her cognitive abilities her emotional physiological self and her emotional self were so warped that when she was married to this next guy she could she could hardly even understand how he wasn't abused like she was like he's not wait you know like she expressed that she was so used to abuse being the norm that this was really abnormal to her she couldn't process like you know what i'm saying like this is how you live in in such a different place not just experiencing it as an adult she grew up with it her right. brain never was allowed to even form you know and in, in a normal neurological biological physiological way you know i know it's a, i see it in movies a lot i guess it happens in real life too these romances where someone is like i don't care about your past i don't care what's happened i just love you for you you know you've seen it in the movies mm -hmm. and it's like i do think it's important to get to know somebody that you're getting married to or in a relationship with it's not okay to say of course, he can love her for her even after he finds out all this stuff. But I think this is important information for him to know. And I don't disagree. If but I don't know that he didn't know that. I'm saying he didn't know she was sterilized. I don't know it. that he didn't know she was abused. Got but it. he believed that she was getting pregnant all these times. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying, too. Like, mm -hmm. as a guy in a relationship, how could you, how could you not know that I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of ignorance out there. I mean, I, I do think that a lot of men just go, this is man stuff and this is woman stuff and I don't want to hear about the woman stuff or whatever, but. But if you like, it's also like, 
it could be a situation, I don't know, but it could be where they got married very quickly and he wanted a baby really bad and she was not able to, to have that, and but she couldn't tell him and she didn't want to lose him, you know? I guess. I don't know. I don't know their entire story or how, you know, how it came about. But the people who knew and loved Bobby Joe and Zeb, you know, they, to them, this person, Lisa, is a monster. Um, and maybe she is, I don't know. But the story of her life and what led up to the murder of Bobby Joe is also the tragedy here for me. In that how many people had the opportunity to stop this along all these different points of her life how many times did the adults in her life fail her how many times did the system fail her all the systems failed her um that to me is the is the tragedy that could have prevented all these other this other shit you know well that's probably the um, case with a lot of these situations right 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 if you want to look at i mean not just serial killers but people who engage in violent crimes and you want to go how can we stop this the thing we're talking about escalation and sexual violence once that's a part of the cocktail it's really hard to reverse it yes yes so so once these people are on the path of deriving pleasure from sexually sadistic behavior or once a person has been damaged to the point that they don't have a conscience about harming another person it's really hard to roll the clock back on that of course, holding people accountable earlier in the process when, when there's a, an actual option to turn something around. Um, what I, would go through a police officer? I think he was a deputy. What would go through his mind that he knew this raping was going on and not doing anything about it? In fact, what, in fact, the whole system knew about it because she had a, an older, uh, older sister from these same people. And she was removed from the home after a friend of the dad's raped her. She was eight. And when she left the house, she literally threw up because she knew it was going to turn on to the four-year-old. But after they removed her, nobody ever came back and checked on this other child. Nobody ever came back to see what was happening with her. Well, I also think that we have to consider that people's attitudes and mentality towards rape is maybe not the same as what ours is. So there's a historian, she's actually a Christian historian and she's written a book. I'll find out her name and we can put it on the podcast. Like she's Christian and historian or she's an historian of Christian history? Both. So she actually works at a Christian university. She is a historian and her specialty is Christianity. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she's written a book on the influence of the evangelical Christian community on attitudes towards women and, and sex. And what she says is that there is a hyper-masculine, like John Wayne style culture in specifically in the evangelical church that has done a lot of damage in terms of how men and women perceive each other. And so the way she explains it is the woman is always the temptress. So if a woman is harassed or attacked or something bad happens within the church, it's because she yes. wasn't guarding her chastity or exactly. she was leading the man on. Exactly. We're still living in that. What was she wearing? So I bring that point up to say that within certain communities and families, if someone is raped or something like that is going on, the family and the community would, would much rather just keep it quiet than have it turn into a scandal. And if it's something that's been going on for generations, maybe it's just common practice. And there are some people that feel like this daughter is my property and I can do whatever. I mean, that's kind of like a biblical thing, right? Even if some neighbors knew, it's not your business. That's happening in their family, in their house, you know that's right. behind their doors so of course you and i if we find out this is happening next door we're going to say something but but i don't know how other people in other communities i don't know if this is it's it's almost like in some countries where it's okay to just commit violence throw acid in a woman's face because she doesn't want to date you right mm -hmm. if that's the messaging mm -hmm. that 
boys and men are getting in the culture, then they're not going to see it the same way we see it. So, right. I mean, clearly there's, there's well, a plus this would have been, and she would have been growing up in the late seventies, early eighties too. Well, and the dad has friends and people in the community that are coming over to rape her too. So clearly yep. people are not having much of a conscience about this. So she ended up facing federal charges because of the kidnapping of the baby. She ended up convicted. And she had apparently the worst attorney in the history of time for a capital crime. And she ended up on death row at a federal prison, like the only woman on death row, uh, where she stayed and stayed and stayed until Trump started killing everyone on death row in federal prisons um, before he left office. So she was executed um, in January of 2021. And there was a big movement of people to stop that, fighting for her because of all of this stuff that had warped her so much and put her in the place where she was. Um, and they were still in the middle of trying to get all of that stuff to where it could just be is it converted to life sentence or con yeah, yeah. that's right converted to a life sentence instead uh, but it was too late because trump was determined to kill everybody he could um, i mean obviously i have problems with the death penalty for a variety of reasons but in this particular case at least we know she was guilty of the crime that she's right i mean that's yeah. that's a huge reason i have a problem with the death penalty is because half the time we aren't necessarily sure that the person actually committed the crime they're being oh yeah executed. i know i'm against the death penalty in any situation but that's me that's just me i have all my yeah. opinions about that it has to do with timothy mcveigh and living in oklahoma uh when they put him down and the celebratory no no i mean i'm for the most day. part against the death penalty I but you're right at least we know at least there's not like somebody sitting around going we didn't test the dna and then she's dead no yeah. we know it was her we know it was her we absolutely yeah. know it was her now, to wrap this up, I'll tell you the connection between the last three crimes. It's really, really fucking awful. Okay, they share a grandmother. All three of the crimes share a grandmother? Uh-huh. Hold uh -huh. on. Okay, so tell I'm me. I'm going to tell you. Right. Okay. Joe Ann Stinnett is baby Victoria's great-grandmother. Her granddaughter was Bobby Joe. Okay. Her grandson was Anson. Okay. And she is the grandmother of Wendy, who was murdered by her boyfriend by dragging her behind a car. Hmm. Isn't that fucking awful? Now, we have a town of 200 people. So they're all likely to be some level be related, but um, they shared a common grandmother. I wondered how this was all going to uh, connect. That's yeah, it. there's an interview with her. I was too heartbroken to watch it by the time I finished reading about all this shit. But there's an interview with her where she just talks about how she gets through every day of her life, you know, um, living with this, living with gruesome murders of two and then unsolved, unknown where her other grandson is. That to me, like I always say, the open questions are really difficult, really difficult. It sounds um, like too, tell me the grandmother's name again, Joe. Joanne Stinnett. So Joanne, it actually seems like Joanne and her family are victims of the community. <laughs> Because it yeah. sounds like that community has got a lot of problems. It sounded like they were kind of normal. It's like they were the the sitting duck, you know, normal. Right? Just trying family. to live their lives and, and have relationships and be, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. We and then other other forces just came through and we were we were kind of a group of us when we were talking about how the concept of, of happiness and how you encounter certain people and they're when they come into the room they're like isn't today a beautiful day and isn't life great and all of us are like kind of seething inside like why yeah, you give it that side eye like that little girl and that that yeah that, yeah. yeah and i think the reason why i have such a visceral reaction to people who are unrealistically positive all the time is because I oftentimes see those people as naive or targets. And I think that, not that you should think the worst of people, but I think you should think neutrally of people and just, you know, keep one eye open. That doesn't mean- Well, that's, that's an interesting point, when, especially what you just said about the town. I wonder where that dude with the weird name that I said, the dude with the weird name yeah. who killed Wendy, what if he wasn't from Skidmore either? Because think about it. Lisa wasn't from Skidmore. Yeah. 
the dude who likely kidnapped uh, Branson wasn't from Skidmore. So maybe it's not Skidmore. Maybe, maybe it's, it's not Skidmore. Yeah, maybe it's just this nice little community of people that are like sitting ducks for molesters and murderers. Everyone and just comes in and fucking commits crimes. Baby snatchers. I don't know. <laughs> this is always a lot of people from Texas and smaller communities are like mortified of the big city. Like when they yeah. when they hear about LA, they call it like Hollyweird and all that. Oh, they can't fathom people in, in in small towns in Texas. They can't even picture driving in Dallas. Right, but. Honestly, the most scary thing to me is being out in the middle of nowhere in some rural area. That's scarier to me than the big city. Absolutely. Because in the big city, 100%. I can run away. I can call for help. I can, there's people around. But when you live out in the middle of nowhere, you got nowhere to run. I think when, I, when we do our driving trip across country and we go through all those West Texas towns, every house I see in the middle of a farm field, I think, how long would it take before you get murdered? <laughs> Seriously, like that's your, yeah. I can't, I think of uh, in cold blood, you know, and anyway, yeah. Okay, so we got any more on Skidmore? I can't believe we finally finished it. Feels like it's taken hours and hours of our lives. On Skidmore. Hey, I'm going to tell you, I wanted to tell you something really quick about, okay. you know, we were talking about how police don't prevent crime. I did want to give like a shout out to some officers that did the right thing. Oh. So a friend of mine her husband um, had his phone stolen at the gym. And it's just so ridiculous, right? Because people can just blow up their phones now. It's not even worth it. But his wife started using her phone to track where his phone was. And they tracked it to a house. So someone just took it. So he was getting worked up about it. And so I guess he just like got, I don't know if it was like a baseball bat or a machete, something dumb. And he was going to go over and confront the person that had the phone. His wife is like really concerned, right? And so um, yeah, he he ends up thinking it through, and he's like, "What am I going to do? I'm going to go to their house with the machete, and like, what's going to happen?" So he goes to the police, and the police are like, "Oh, there's nothing we can do." What? Yeah, it's crazy. They're like, "Plus, you have to go back to the city where the crime happened and file a police report there." So he goes there, he files a police report, and they're like, "Sorry, there's nothing we can do." And puts it, puts it on the other police department. So finally he goes back to the other city and he talks to the officers and he's like, can you guys just please just go knock on his door? And they're like, yeah, I mean, I guess we can do it. But if he doesn't want to admit to it, we can't get a warrant or anything. You know, we're not going to get a warrant for your phone, essentially. Okay. But the police end up doing it. Anyway, they come back with his phone. Really? <laughs> yes. I just handed it over. Well, apparently the cops confronted him about it. They were like, look, it, the phone got tracked here. It's here. We know it's here, so on and so forth. Apparently the guy was really shook up. And he didn't realize that people could track their phones. What? What was he going to yeah. do with the thing then? I don't know. He, he gave, <laughs> You're not smart enough for the iPhone, buddy. <laughs> he gave the police some really convoluted story about, well, you know, some kids found it and they gave it to me and they didn't know what to do with it and blah, blah, blah. And the police were like, whatever, the guy doesn't care. He's not pressing charges. He just wants his phone back. Hmm. So he got his phone back. And I was it's like, the right thing. really glad they did that because it's so infuriating when you get a phone or mail or like these things that are very personal, you get it stolen. And there is even, I'm not a violent person, but like when somebody was stealing my mail, I did have this natural inclination to want to just like, whoop ass you right. know mm -hmm. and i think this is i mean if somebody's gonna get killed over a grilled cheese sandwich like showing up at the their door with a machete or a baseball bat is probably going to instigate uh, some yeah. violence yeah and i i just feel like even just a regular guy someone that's not violent faced with knowing that their phone is sitting in some a-hole's house and that they're gonna go and confront and it could just go sideways really fast yeah. so i think i wish i know sometimes police don't want to get involved and with all the stuff that's going around with with police right now and and them feeling a little bit attacked i do think that there are situations where the police can step in when it comes to theft or domestic violence or like even in the situation that we talk about last episode you mm -hmm. know what i mean where yes the police could have done something. 
the bully guy you mean or or the i mean all these situations we talked about you're right i know i don't know like all of them like i know it's unfortunately with with it's cliche but with great power comes great responsibility right when things go bad you are gonna be held to a higher standard but you're people's last resort sometimes mm-hmm. um and it's not good when citizens look within themselves to find justice. It never goes well. No. It doesn't. Well, in the last episode, it went okay because they got rid of the bully and nobody <laughs> went to prison. <laughs> I mean, it does feel good. It worked yeah, out. Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll show them. I mean, but, you know, that's one of those things that people like him, like the Terminator, will not stop. They will not stop. He will never, ever stop. You yeah. know, and sometimes you hear stories like this or stalking or people who just harass people. Critics will say, this is how people get killed. Yeah. This is how people hire people to kill people, or this is how people get killed. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's a nice, happy ending for our show. Yeah, here nice, ending. happy ending. Um, I mean, visit Skidmore. Maybe they're revitalizing, and I don't think they're to blame for all of their murders anyway. So no, it, sound, it sounds like maybe Skidmore has just got a lot of uh, crazy adjacent. Yeah. So y'all stop murdering people in Skidmore, okay? You take your murders elsewhere. You yeah. want to go kidnap somebody? Don't do it in Skidmore. Skidmore Leave that town alone. Enough. They've had enough. Yes, they've had enough. So you've been listening to Now Fear This. Thank you for listening. I hope that you uh, got a little bit out of it, but not too much. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> we really so, don't want so you to take too much away. Yeah, don't me. take too much away from our show. We, we're not here to be helpful. Um, so subscribe to our show, please. Um, give us five stars. Give us a nice review. We'll read it on the show. Oh, I, I've got a review to read. I'll do it next time. Oh, is it um, a review? Yes, it was a good review. Is it someone uh, we know us. or is it, wait, is it a stranger? Yeah, it's a stranger. Stranger review? Are you it's lying? It's a stranger. I don't know who it is. All right. I don't know who the other ones were either, except for that one I thought was my student. Let me finish this so we can get off this fucking show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want y'all to visit our website for life-changing content, fearthispodcast.com. That's it. Later. I don't bye know why. Bye. That sounded weird. Sorry. It, yeah, I'll cut that out. Say that again. <laughs> Later. <laughs> no. No. See no. you guys on the flippity flip. <laughs> what? Stop saying words. Sorry. All right. Bye.